when you first got to the soccer team at Texas Lutheran University, who was that first person to kind of give you that wake up call and welcome you to that level of competition? Um, so Devin Blucher, it was Devin Crump at the time. So uh-huh. she's married now. Her name is Blucher, but uh, we were in the same class going in and I had only ever played like, um, I didn't play in high school cause my high school didn't have soccer. So I played like outside of school and, you know, with different teams and things like that. But when I got to TLU, it was like the first time, like, I was like, Whoa, this is like a big deal. This is a, you know, the real deal. And I didn't actually go to play soccer. It kind of like stumbled into my lap. And so when I went to that first practice, um, it was, I joined a little late. I didn't start like the very beginning and Devin was there and she was a goalie and she's a little bitty thing, but like so intense and like just a hundred miles per hour. Like, and I remember being like, Whoa, like she's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know, but crazy in a good way. But like, I'm like, I don't know if like I can do this, you know? And, but she was like super welcoming. And like, even though she was new too, she was already like a leader and she kind of just like brought me in and we became really close. Um, she's the head girls coach at Texas city now. And a couple of years ago, we started kind of a tradition where our first scrimmage each year, we play each other. So it's pretty cool. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy, initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy Alright, welcome back to another brand new episode of the Team Player Podcast This is episode number 71, we have a girls soccer edition today So we've had a couple, we've had a few of them come through the Team Player Podcast studios I'm a big fan of women's soccer, I am fired up for the World Cup this summer I'm, I'm getting excited, I got all my, my USA jerseys ready to go but today's guest is someone that I've I've never met before, and I was actually introduced through a former team player podcast alumnus, Caitlin Riley, who is now the head girls soccer coach at West Columbia. This is one of her rivals out there on the pitch, but they have become friends. And actually, I have a Dash season tickets, and I Caitlin Riley actually used some of my tickets to take this coach out to a game and uh, uh, they got to meet, uh, was it Owozi came up to you after the game? You guys took a photo, right? So it's my honor to welcome into the team player podcast studios, the head girl soccer coach for Sweeney high school, coach, Sam Rakowitz. Rakowitz. I'm sorry. We went over, <laughs> we went over okay. the intro. That's okay. I'm so used to it. Like I said, Kirkendall is my maiden name. So name it's, it's not a big deal, but yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Um, Caitlin and I have been friends for a while now. Um, and then, yeah, she took over the Columbia program this past season. So now, yes, we are rivals, um, but friendly rivals, we like to call it. So, Oh man, I, I love that. And again, I'm kicking myself because we went over your name. I feel, I always hate when I butcher as a guy whose name has been butchered thousands and thousands of times. I want to do you justice. So again, I apologize, coach. That's okay. So, so, so sorry. That's but okay. Let's, you know, before we dive into it again, for all of our listeners, if you're a part of the team player movement, please make sure you've given us the five-star rating. We've got about almost 60 on Spotify and 30 on Apple podcasts. We still got the perfect rating on Apple podcasts, but somebody snuck in there and gave us some kind of, we have a 4.9 on Spotify now. Oh. We had a 5.0 for over one year. So 
<laughs> please, if you have not rated, please go on Spotify or both, but especially Spotify. Get us back to that 5.0 uh, that, that we deserve uh, on whatever platform that you listen to. Spotify and Apple are our two main ones. You can help us reach more people uh, with these stories of coaches making a difference, right? So the more ratings we get, the more our sto- our show is found uh, on those different services. If you want to leave a written review, I read those live on the show. And then you can hit the follow button to subscribe and get a new episode in your queue every Sunday. We will be honored if the Team Player Podcast made it into your rotation. And I'm your host, James Kovaleski. Please follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. Former Coach Kirkendall here, or Kuykendall. Kirkendall? Kirkendall. We we were both both talking about how we we were Coach K to start because of our crazy last name. Yes. But Coach, you grew up in Sweeney. I mean, that's where you're at now. I mean, you, you are... Homegrown, as they say. I mean, you, you you grew up your entire life there. Now you're living the dream, coaching in your hometown school. I, I keep statistics, coach. You are one of only 20% of my guests. So I've had, you're the 71st guest. Mm-hmm. Only 20% have had the honor of coaching at their alma mater. I never did it in my coaching career. So it's, it's a very select few. So let's, can I ask you about that first? Like, what's it like coming home? And then we'll kind of dig into more of what your upbringing was like. But what, what's it like coaching in your hometown? Uh. Well, I got chills whenever you're talking about that. Um, it's it's so special um, because I feel like a deeper connection with these kids because I was one of these kids. You know, like I see myself in so many of these kids. I'm like, our parents, you know, their parents have the same job that my parents had or like yeah. a lot of the uh, people here, we're kind of built around the plant, Phillips sure, 66 sure. and Chevron Phillips. So kind of, you know, brought up the same way. I feel like I just have like this really cool connection because I know exactly how they're raised, how, you know, the, the things that they go through, you know, what we do on the weekends, things like that, because it's a small town, there's not a ton of things to do. Um, but I think the coolest part is um, just like that family connection. Like I had coaches here who made a difference in my life, teachers who made a difference in my life and are part of the reason that I ended up becoming a teacher and a coach. And so for me to have those like impact that impact on kids here. And a lot of them, I know their parents or their siblings or their cousins or, you know, things like that. So it's just really special. Um, and, and I love it. I can't imagine being anywhere else. I've never been anywhere else, but I just would feel weird, like not being Sweeney blue. Um, I've been a bulldog my entire life. So TLU is bulldogs as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I switched colors for three years when I went to TLU. But Your colors are better. Your colors are better. Than I, I like our colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. <laughs> black and gold, I was like, nah, no. Um, but so, I, yeah, I don't really know anything besides being a bulldog, but I just, I feel like I have like a sense of pride and um, that some people may not have as much just because they didn't, they don't have the roots here like like I do. I love everything that you're saying. And before we started the show, I was kind of admiring your setup back there. You've got all kinds of Sweeney yeah. paraphernalia, got several bulldog artwork. Yeah, you know? I'm like, oh, yeah, there. yeah, it's really well done. But I was saying, like, I coached at Clements, which is the same Clements and Fort Bend, and also Aldine uh, mm-hmm. uses, they both use kind of this Columbia blue and navy color scheme, just like you guys have. And in my personal opinion, it's the best color scheme. Like that, that Sweeney soccer there in the Columbia blue just really pops on a navy yeah. backdrop. So you, Obviously, love it. I was also a bulldog at Fort Bend Austin High School, so I love the nickname there as well uh, for your mascot. But let's talk about Sweeney High School. You talked about, like, you've been a bulldog your whole life, and I just – I think that's really cool, you know? And when when I was growing up in Fort Bend, it wasn't necessarily like that. Like, our high schools all took feeders from several different middle schools and even more different elementaries, and I don't know. I 
most recently, my wife and I, we lived kind of in the Heights area. And I grew again, I grew up in Fort Bend County in Sugarland. We lived in the Heights for a while, but like now we have a one-year-old son. We become parents for the first time. I really want him to experience what you just described. And so for yeah. us, we didn't, we didn't go quite so far as Sweeney, but we're, we're moved to Katy. And so it's, we, we live like in like close to old town, Katie. So he's going to be a Katie tiger. And so like awesome. his daycare, get this coach, Sam, it's, it, his daycare is, is called Tigerland daycare. I love that. I just love that, you I know? And that. so yeah. hopefully he'll dream of being a Katie tiger, but like, what was that like for you? Because I know it is, it's becoming more in vogue now. I mean, you, some of you are like native people from Sweeney are, are Sweeneyites or what's Sweeneyans or. Yeah, Sweeneyans, I think is what they Sweeney's. call it. You Sometimes may not like all the city people coming out there, but I think it's starting to happen, right? People like, you know, want to move to Sealy or Sweeney or kind of get that more of a country, you know, taste of the country. Like, are you seeing some of that now? And then when you were growing up, was it, was it, you mentioned that the, the plant obviously is like kind of a lifeblood of, of the community. Was it, did you get to kind of have that really cool outdoors country lifestyle or just what was it like growing up in Sweeney, Texas? Um, yeah, we did. And, and growing up, you know, the plant brings in people, you know, from all over. And so yeah. we would get, we had like our core group of kids that went all the way from kindergarten up, but then, um, there would be people that moved in like, cause their dad or mom ended up working at the plant. And, and it was really cool. Cause you know, we have one stoplight. It's yeah. everybody knows everybody. Um, right, it right. was, you know, you couldn't do anything you were not supposed to do because somebody was going to see you and they were going to tell your mom or your grandma or whoever, you know, it was, um, but yeah, I, and so talking about the kids, like I have a almost three-year-old son and then we have a one-year-old daughter mm. and same thing. Like I growing up, I wanted to be a bulldog. Like that is what I wanted to do. Um, we didn't have soccer when I was in high school, but every other sport, like I wanted to be a bulldog basketball player. I wanted to run track for the bulldogs. You know, I, that was like from the time you're in kindergarten, like you want to be a bulldog. And so I'm excited that my kids, you know, will be able to do that and be able to walk the same hallways that I walked and we have one elementary school, one junior high and one high school. And you can pretty much like throw a rock and hit all of them. The junior high and high school are right next to each other. And then the elementary is just kind of right across town, but, and across town is like a mile, you know, it's like not, sure. <laughs> not very far. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's cool. And I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I hope that I get to stay here and, and continue to kind of build that in people. Cause I feel like, um, we do have some move-ins, but for the most part, it's like, people that have been here since kindergarten and sure, but, but I do know what you're saying about, you know, moving out. Like my husband is from Ganado, okay. which is, you know, small town. And he's actually a teacher and a coach here too. Um, he was at El Campo for three years, two and a half years. And then we met and got married and I converted him to a bulldog. Um, <laughs> but, uh, same thing, even El Campo, like we saw that there, like people were moving kind of from out of the city and right into El Campo. It's like sure. a more country, you know, yep. kind of, yep smaller school and smaller classes and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. Like I said, I don't really know any different cause I small school growing up and then I went to a smaller college and, right. but I, I love it. And I love that I get to be involved in, in so many things. Like, um, you know, I had friends that I met in college who were from, you know, big schools and it was like, well, I got to pick one thing. And I was like, Oh, I did everything. Like I got yeah. to do, you know, I got to do it all. So that's pretty cool. And I guess I, I should have started with, for those that don't know where Sweeney is, I mean, just maybe I'd say an hour southwest of Houston. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah about an hour south of Houston. People yeah. are always like, they, they get it confused with Sealy. You said Sealy earlier. They're like, oh, sure, like, sure. you know, on the highway. And I'm like, no, we're not on a highway. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you went to Sweeney High School. You mentioned you did not actually have soccer when you attended, uh, but you do now, and now you're the coach. And you said that your dad coached you your entire life in youth soccer. So you will, you you were still playing soccer in the in the community, just there was no high school uh, team at the time. So can you let's let's dive into that a little bit because that's something I'm thinking about now. I'm a former high school varsity head coach myself for 11 years before I, I, I stopped doing that. But so I have coaching blood in me like you do. And I, I think about like, man, coaching my son, am I going to be too hard? <laughs> am I going to be good at it? So I mean, what was it like with you and your dad, with your dad being your coach? So uh, my dad, he's the youngest of five. And so a lot of his nephews and nieces were playing sports. Like when he was kind of like right out of high school or in college age. So he coached a lot of them yeah. before he coached me. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of, that was all I ever knew, but my dad, he was always, he always made it fun. Um, he was always very fair. Um, he made us work hard, but we loved it. Um, my teammates, you know, I played with from the time I was a little bitty growing up, we actually West Brazos soccer club is our like kind of little program that we have. It's like Sweeney, West Columbia, Brazoria. They kind of all play together for youth soccer. Um, and my dad and my, and my mom, they started, the first or they had the first ever U seven girls team. So all girls. So I played with boys when I was like three, four, five. And then my parents were like, Oh, we're going to start a girls only team. And people were like, Oh no, you're not going to have enough girls, da, 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 whatever. So, uh, but we did, we ended up having a U seven girls team. And then we played together all the way um, into high school. We started playing kind of like crazy eights and mm-hmm. some different things and started fizzling out a little bit. The girls that went to Sweeney didn't have soccer. The girls that went to Columbia did have soccer. Oh. Um, the only time, this is crazy. The only time I ever was not going to be a bulldog, I almost moved. Uh, I tried out for cheerleader going into ninth grade. Had I not made cheerleader, I was going to move with my aunt who lives in West Columbia to go play soccer, but I made cheerleader. And so I stayed. Yes, I know. And my best friend went to West Columbia at the time. And so that was like a huge kind of like almost transition moment, but I'm thankful I stayed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> I like the roughnecks too, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, so it was, it was crazy. We tried to get soccer here when I was going into eighth grade. Um, we were a small three a at the time. And so I think we just didn't kind of have the interest. We didn't have a turf field. There was kind of some things that played into it, but, uh, yeah, they got soccer like in 2014. So it was like three years after I graduated high school. Um, and yeah, but and so the, you, like, we talked about Caitlin Riley at the top of the show. I mean, that really was, that, that's kind of like your school right down the road. I mean, you truly are rivals. Oh, yes, big time. <laughs> like, yes, it is. We're, we're like, they call it the Battle of the Bernard. The Bernard River runs like right between Sweeney and West Columbia. So yeah, it's huge. It's a huge rivalry. Um, I always say like, we're rivals when we're playing, but then we're friends outside of it. And that's how it was growing up too. Like, you know, we all played against each other and it was always a rivalry, but then we're friends outside of it. You know, it wasn't. And, and how did how did it go this season in district? I mean, I'm assuming you met two times as, as district opponents. Like, did, did, yeah. I know Caitlin had a really good team this year and advanced yeah, they, several times. <laughs> did she get the they best? Did, uh, they were district champs. Yeah. Um, she had some really awesome girls. And, and she's yeah. a great coach. Um, yeah. She came from – I knew her at Sy Springs um, yeah. and actually at Lamar because they would come to our tournament every year. We hosted – so Sweeney and West Columbia, we hosted a tournament together, and Caitlin would bring her teams um, – so yeah, they did awesome. Um, they, they beat us both times, but I, I told her, I was like, I think we gave y'all a pretty fair game. And she's like, yeah, y'all did. But, uh, yeah. um, we were pretty young this year, kind of like in a rebuilding year. I had one come back from a broken leg and you know, some things. So 
uh, it was a little bit of a challenging year, but um, my girls pushed through and they kept working hard. And so I was really proud of them. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think about like, I was talking about the, my, my son, hopefully being a Katie tiger someday. I mean, that's over a hundred years of tradition. And you talked about you yourself as a good soccer player, you almost switched schools just so you could play soccer. So what that's telling me is what Columbia, and obviously Caitlin is doing an awesome job with it, but they've had an established tradition in that region for excellence. You're kind of more the new kid on the block. It's hard to build that. Your program is not that old. What did you say? 2013? Is it? Uh, 24. It's nine years. We just finished nine, nine years. years. That's really nothing in the scope of, you no, know, it's not. So, and, and Columbia yeah. and Bay City and Brazosport, those teams that we play that are in our district, you know, Bay City moved out of our district, but they've all had soccer, you know, 30, you know, 25, 30 years. And Correct, so yeah. it's so funny you bring that up because they all started, um, my first year I took over, it was the third year the program had existed. And when I first came in, I was like, I've got to have a JV, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. we don't have enough kids. Da, da, da. And I was like, we will have enough kids. I need a JV. Like I've got to have a JV to, to, you know, to filter into my varsity. Like I yeah. have to. And um, I ended up coaching the JV and the varsity by myself my first wow. year as a teacher and a coach Um, because I was, they were like, we're not going to have the numbers. Da, da, da. And I was like, I promise we are. I'll do it myself. And then once we do next year, I need an assistant. <laughs> like, and anyways, it ended up working out. And then we added a, a junior high program just two years ago. And it was the same thing. I was like, look, Columbia, Bay City, Port, you know, BISD, they're all getting junior high programs. Like if we want to compete with them, we've got to have it, you know? Um, so yeah, we are, I still feel like we're kind of climbing up, but we're getting there. I think we're getting a lot more interest and kind of building it back up. Like when I was growing up, soccer was huge and, and kids played a lot, but then when we didn't have it at high school for so long, they kind of started picking other sports. Like they focused more on like youth basketball or softball or, right. you know, things like that, which makes sense because obviously they want to play in, in high school. And um, now that we've had it for a few years, I kind of feel like we're building back up that youth and kind of getting there. Like, so I feel like we're on the right track. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've always kind of wondered, like, first of all, I want, I want to give you a compliment. Like I, I love, cause sometimes, you know, it, the reality is as coaches, we get a stipend. We do not get paid. That is not commensurate with the amount of hours we put in. We all know that, right? Yeah. So you, to me, you were going above and beyond. You were taking on more tasks. I'm assuming not receiving any more pay, yeah, but you're no. doing it because it's the right thing for your program. So at the end of the day, that shows me you care about those kids and yeah. you, you don't want them to just, this is not just something where we're just showing up with Sweeney on our chest just to put on our, you know, on our college application. Like you want them to succeed and feel good about themselves. So yeah. those are huge steps that you're taking in, in developing the program. So I, I wanted to compliment, wanted to compliment you, you know, for that. But again, to, I, I it, it, a lot of times in, in coaching, you know, we, we, we want to interview the state champs, right? We want to see like, what are the state champs doing? But I mean, I think we all as coaches know that yes, those coaches are excellent, but also there's a lot of resources and, and talent and things that are in, you know, that, that are involved in programs like that. I've always taken a, a, a really deep interest in, in the struggle to rise up. Like, mm-hmm. I think that is really the beauty of sport. And I find it so interesting because in my coaching career, my first ever season was 13 and one at Clements. You know, we had a former uh, or a future pro NFL quarterback was our quarterback and a really good team around him. My last year as head coach at Aldine, we went 0 and 10. So yeah. I've seen it all. And the thing that I found is I'm really drawn to those coaches that, that in football are 0 and 10 or 1 and 9 or, you know, whatever the equivalent is in soccer, you know, more games in soccer. But right. I'm just really curious. Can you speak, because for I have coaches that listen to this, I mean, you started, a, basically started a program. I mean, you were there from very close to the beginning. 
you were having like you actually had to yourself add the JV, add the junior high. <laughs> it was not in place when you got there. To to make those steps, because it's hard, right? Like if you have losing seasons, I've been a part of it. Like somehow it almost sets in, and there's like that complacency or the expectation is, well, this is how good we are, and this is you know we're just gonna do our thing. And how do you bust through that? That's the million dollar question, right? Like how do you? Because I I believe one of these days you're gonna take those girls to the playoffs, and I think it's probably coming sooner than later. How are you doing? Like, how does it happen, coach? Um, I think just building like that culture and that, you know, we're all on the same team. We all want the same thing. I, I tell them all the time. I'm like, if I could still play with y'all, I would play in a heartbeat. Like I would do anything to play Sweeney soccer, you know, that, yeah. and I think just constantly like buying into them and, and getting them to buy into you. And like, that way you're all on the same page, but like, they're capable of doing this. I have so many girls who had never touched a soccer ball until they got wow. to ninth grade and, wow. you know, and they, yeah. they started playing and I have some of them that ended up, you know, being really successful. And it's like, you just kind of getting them all to buy in. Like we went from, I took over the program um, in 16, 17 was my first year. And it was just going to be a varsity with, there was like 26 girls returning somewhere around there. Um, and then now uh, I've got a varsity, a JV, a seventh and an eighth grade team. I have over a hundred girls in the program. Kudos um, to you. Yeah. And so it, it's been wow. awesome though, but I, yeah. I feel like, I guess my love and my passion for not only the sport of soccer, like I played it my whole life. I started playing when I was three, but also this place, like yeah. it, it's so special. And I try to like, get them to understand that and get them to buy in. Um, and yeah. And like you said, we've had, we've had good seasons and then really the past two years, we've kind of struggled and um, we haven't made the playoffs the past two years. Um, oh, and... had you made the playoffs before that you, you'd made a couple playoff appearances. So, um, my first five years coaching, we made the playoffs, but oh, we wow. lost, we lost in the first round, mm-hmm. um, or that my first four years, then yeah. my fifth year. So 2021, um, it was the coming back from COVID year. Right, sure. We um we made the playoffs. We won our first round. It's the only playoff game Sweeney Soccer has ever won, boys or girls side. Um, wow. yeah. we're still so new, you know, and yeah, still of course. building. But uh, but yes, and then we lost in the second round to Harden Jefferson. Hmm. Um, and they went pretty deep that year. But um, these past two years, so in 2022, I had my daughter, and I actually missed the oh, end of the season, yeah. which was hard. Um, sure, cause sure. I was like, Oh my gosh, my big babies and my real big, you know, like it was, <laughs> it was hard. Um, but my assistant was phenomenal. Like she yeah. stepped in and, and took all over that. But, and then this past year, you know, we kind of dealt with some injuries and some things and we've kind of been on that, like, like you talked about, like, Oh, we're just going to be like fifth place. Like we're not going to, you know, right, right. and I think, um, they've, you know, coming in the summer and we've been doing, they've been in like a little summer soccer league that, uh, Iowa colony started. That's been tremendous this summer. Um, and just kind of getting them all to buy in and especially like the younger ones, like the seventh and eighth graders, like, Hey, you're getting to play in seventh and eighth grade now, and you're going to be a bulldog and you're going to be on varsity, you know, and just kind of getting them like that culture and buying in. Like, I feel like that's really important, but I agree. I think we've kind of been in a little bit of a null, but I feel like we're on the way up again. So yeah. Your enthusiasm for the school bleeds through. I mean, I, I can see you're sincere about it. You're genuine about it. And I mean, that pride is something special. I mean, I, I see a future for you as maybe the athletic director one day. I mean, honestly, like you, you are a superintendent. I mean, you have this, oh. you have this love, you bleed blue yeah. <laughs> through shades of blue, you yep. know, but 
I, I think that's great. And I, I'm sure that those girls lay it on the line for you because they're proud to be a Sweeney Bulldog. And so even win, lose, or draw, I'm sure they play hard. I'm, I'm sure Caitlin would tell me the same thing. But yeah. let's yeah. okay. So you, your dad coached you your entire life. At, at Sweeney, you played volleyball, ran cross country, was a cheerleader. We covered that. You made the cheerleading squad yeah. freshman. Yeah. You played basketball, softball, tennis, ran track in high school. Okay, mm-hmm. I've heard about three sport athletes, and we kind of give them a clap and, and lift them up on a pedestal. But you were, by my count, I'm not too good at math, but I mean, the seven sport athletes. I mean, even uh, at yeah. small schools, that's I know at small schools you kind of do it all, but that that that's literally doing it all. I mean, can you? Yeah, I used to joke. Uh, football and golf were like the only two that I did never like. You know, but uh, my could have kicked, say, perhaps. Yeah. Coach right? Yeah, could have been the kicker. My yeah. mom used to say uh, she wasn't sure how I how she got me to everything, you know, but, uh, yeah. like two a days, I would go from like cross country from like five to six. I'd have cheer practice after that. Then we'd have volleyball starting like at eight and then lunch break and then back to volleyball again. And then we'd run again in the afternoon for cross country. Um, it was crazy, but I loved every minute of it. And I, I was never like the superstar. I was never, um, you know, the MVP or the most points or any of that stuff. Um, but a lot of times, like I would get awards like fighting heart or like sure, best yeah, yeah. teammate, you know, things like that. Which, and <laughs> yeah. I try to tell that to my girls that I coach too, because I'm like, yes, there's MVPs on every team. Like, and obviously, yes, you need those people that are like superstars and great and whatever, but you also need like good teammates and, yes. you know, people yeah. that are the rah rahs. And I kind of feel like that's where my cheer side came in. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was a pretty good like cheerleader and teammate. Yeah. Um, and I just, I loved, getting to be involved in all of it. Like I always joke because for softball, like I ran bases, like I was on the team obviously. And I played, but like my role was my, one of my best friends, she was the catcher. She would um, get on base and then I would go run bases for her. It was like, I I loved it. And that was my role. But um, so, yeah, I kind of, I think that's important. Like, you know, everybody has a role and, and just because you're not like the best player in a certain sport, like you still are important and you still have that role. So yeah. I totally agree. Every, every great team, it has players like yourself, like what you just described. Like I've, I've met some guys that did play football for Katie football. And, and some of these guys that I know that are my friends, they, they were not the star player. They, they didn't play a single down of, of varsity football, you know, but they were, they were the ones that were the scout team at practice. Mm-hmm. And in that culture of Katie football, those guys were not seen as, you know, pick on them. They're the scout team guys. Like they, they were seen as like the huge part of the team that led to the success whenever you got something like that going where that is the, the feeling in the locker room, you're dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's cool that you experienced that as a high school student yourself. And I'm sure you're, you're bringing that same energy, you know, to your team now, but you know, question I have, I talking about sh- sharing athletes across multiple sports. And we don't all the time at small schools. It's, it's more, ex- more of an expectation. Um, right. I don't have a daughter. I have a, a young son, but if I were to have a daughter one day, I mean, you know, I, I know that some of the main sports at high school here in, in the Houston area, it's of course you have volleyball in the fall, you know, you've got uh basketball, girls basketball in the winter, and then you have soccer and softball, which I was so, uh, soccer, maybe kind of also winter. You guys like the start of your season is very cold. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I feel yeah. so bad for you guys, the first couple of tournaments, but cold and um, rainy, usually yeah, cold and rainy. And then in the spring, you know, you have maybe softball. The, the, the girls' sports in my head, they kind of overlap quite a bit. And my experience at the 6A level, and this is talking, this is a little more negative here, you know, not to bring a damper. We've talked about a lot of fun stuff, but, you know, I, I had I had a lot of issues as, as the campus athletic coordinator at Aldine, kind of dealing with 
a lot of times on the girls' side, the coaches sharing athletes, sharing gym time, sharing facilities, sharing anything because they really did bleed over. Mm-hmm. And it is again, that was a six A school. And so, but but at the same time, we were we were not very good athletically outside of the girls' soccer team was very good, but the other sports were all struggling. Some of the participation numbers were really low for a six A school. And so there was a lot of infighting, I would call it. And so my job as a campus athletic coordinator was to try to mediate all that. And it's very those moments kind of what turned me off, honestly, from it, why I'm no longer coaching. I thought maybe I'm not cut out for this. I found myself spending less time with the kids and more time with adults and handling adult problems, which I didn't like, but yeah. it's, I'm going a long way to say this, but I'm, I'm curious. So for you, let, let's start with Sweeney. And then it's also, let's, let's back it up maybe to bigger schools for parents that are listening. Um, is there any issue of sharing at, at your level? Like at Sweeney high school now, I mean, do all of your kids kind of do what you did and play every single one of them? Or is as over time has gone on, it's become more specialized to where there's less sharing. I'm really curious about that. So I share quite a few. Um, I have basketball, soccer girls, and then I also have soccer, softball girls and soccer track, which soccer track is a little easier, you know, tracks kind of like an individualized, you know, but they can kind of do whatever they need to do around soccer. Um, but, and then I, I have one girl who actually is basketball, soccer, softball track. So she does all four, um, and she'll be a senior this year, but, uh, it's, I feel like, so I'm the girls coordinator here okay. for athletics. And, um, and so from the very beginning of the year, I'm like, okay, here's our schedules. We're gonna plan out. Like, this is when you get this one. This is when like, you know, basketball goes from two 30 during athletics until four 30. And then they come from soccer four thirty. you know, like mm-hmm. we always plan it out where, and we give it to the girls, like, you know, or we try to like, Hey, which the one girl is a little difficult because she does everything. Um, yeah. So trying to kind of get, get her. And, and the thing with her is like softball is like her thing. Like that's like yeah. her main, sure, you know, sure. that kind of takes precedent. And, and I know that as the soccer coach, the basketball, well, basketball, softball don't really overlap, but track, um, you know, that they know that that's like her main thing. Um, so we kind of work around that. Um, I think, you know, that's kind of an expectation that, that I set from the very beginning. Like if we get new coaches or things like that, like, Hey, if a kid wants to do ABC, we're going to make sure that they do ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it does get challenging sometimes. Cause obviously everybody's like, well, I need them. I need them. I need Correct. them. Yeah. Um, because especially like when they're athletic, if they're good athletes, you know, it's like, well, they're going to help my team. Well, they're going to help my team. And the actually really cool thing about 4A soccer right now is our game nights are Monday. Well, day night, we play Monday nights and then we play Saturday mornings, which mm-hmm. everybody's like, uh, Saturday, but, um, I coach cross country, so I'm used to Saturdays anyways, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. so like my basketball girls and my softball girls, they get to play when it does overlap, they get to play basketball and softball Tuesday, Friday, and then they still get to play varsity soccer Monday, Saturday. And then our, our JV soccer games are actually on Thursday nights. Um, so it actually kind of works out right now where there's not like game days that we're having to, I think it might get yeah. a little more intense if they were trying to pick you know, which game they were going to go to, that would be very hard. Um, but when it's like a game and a practice, it's like, obviously the game, you know, takes precedent and same thing. Like, um, if soccer is going into the playoffs or, or say basketball is going into the playoffs, obviously if we have a, like this past year, it happened, they had their playoff basketball game on a Monday night. So my basketball girls were not at our district game, which obviously I understood that. And we planned for that, that week, like we knew, you know, um, 
So, but yeah, I think, um, I think not as many kids maybe do as many, like some do like two or three. Um, but thankfully I have not had to deal with that. I have, I feel like we have really awesome coaches here. Um, the, the track coaches from here, um, we kind of grew up together, things like that. So I feel like we all kind of have that same, um, mentality of like, it's a small town. They're going to help every sport, you know, that, that, that students involved in. Um, so I think that we do a pretty good job of, of making it work. And so, you know, like you said, maybe as time has gone on, people are, because I'm sure now the parents are spending more money in youth sports and there's a little more specialization happening. So you're, you're not, you're, right. even in a small town, you're not seeing the seven sport athlete or the four sport right. athlete so much, but okay. So you mentioned, so like practice wise, it sounds like you, one, one team gets them during the athletic period. The other team gets them after school and, but they do practice both sports, uh, when they're, when it overlaps and then. I guess volleyball does not overlap with you at all, but do you have any of your girls that play volleyball or, or volleyball or just shook out that none of them also play volleyball? So I have a couple that play volleyball. Um, but yeah, they don't, they don't no overlap. Problem at all, right? yeah. Um, yeah, we don't ever have any overlap with volleyball. Um, and then and I, I, have I guess all of the girls have the same athletic period then at the end of the so, day. Um, it's been eighth period as long as I've been here, but actually, so we just got a new athletic director, um, Jay Seibert. He came from Rockport. Um, yep. And he is implementing uh, freshman athletics, um, which I'm really excited about because we can kind of like, you know, mold those freshmen. Sure. Like, yeah. um, so that'll actually be like seventh period will be freshman athletics. And then the eighth period, our last period of the day will be like what they call varsity athletics, right. which will be the upperclassmen. Um, so this will be our first year of trying that, but I'm excited about it because I think, I think it's going to be good and um, kind of get those freshmen like bought in and, and ready for the varsity athletics. Let me, and I really love that, that your, your staff is all on the same page and understanding that at the end of the day, you want to do what's best for the kids and allow them to participate in as many as possible. So yes, there are pressures to win. We all know that as coaches. I mean, especially when we're, especially when we're losing sometimes there's mm-hmm. more pressure on you, or if you have a really, really good team, that's like so close to going over the edge, you know, the pressure starts ratcheting up, but for parents listening, let's say, let's say it is a bigger school. Let's say that they do go to a six, a school and maybe the expectation is not to play some three sports, you know, or it's less common which is the most difficult combination? So if you have a girl that's a soccer player, is it more difficult to be a basketball soccer player or a soccer softball player? Like, I guess, which one is in a big school would, would be more difficult for, for if parents are trying to decide how they want to. I think basketball, soccer overlap more. Um, okay. We're pretty much finishing up with soccer when they're like just getting into district for softball. Um, depending on playoff runs and things like that. But um, basketball and soccer, I mean, basketball starts like in October, soccer starts in November. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty big overlap. Um, But, but, and going, you know, off of what you said, what's best for the kids. Like I just try to, and I kind of played everything, but if a new coach comes in and they're like, well, I need this, this, this. And I'm like, look, they're in high school for four years. If they want to do everything, we're going to help them make it work because they don't get to come back to high school and they don't get to play whatever they want to play. You know, like they're going to, yeah, if they want to go to college and play something, then that's great. And that's going to be a, you know, they focus on that. But I just, I feel like in high school, like, obviously, yes, I want to win. Like I'm like the most competitive. I hate losing, but I've learned and, and coaching has really taught me this. Like it's not all about winning. And I shouldn't say that as a coach, it's like a, don't say that, but like, it, it's about so much more like it. Yes. Obviously everybody wants to win, but like, I I've kind of come to the realization that like my girls leaving me, yes, I want them to be good soccer players, but I want them to be good humans. And like, 
go and make a difference and do what they want to do and and have families and, you know, things like that, where it's like, and I hope that things that they learned while they were here, you know, will help them with that. Because I know for me, like, I feel like the mom I am and the coach I am and the, the wife I am and things like that. Like I learned right here in this building, you know, a lot of it. And so that's, like I said, it's, you're not supposed to say it's not about winning. Like, I know that sounds cliche, but it's like, it, it really is about so much more than that. No, I totally, I totally agree. And I mean, if you, I feel like if you, if you, those are your pillars of your program, I think the winning is going to kind of take care of itself. You're yeah. <laughs> developing these well-rounded, you know, young women. Uh, yeah. So I, I totally agree with you there, coach. Now, one thing that I found interesting, you played collegiate soccer at Texas Lutheran University. Again, I'm very familiar with that. That was actually in my final top three. Uh, I was interested in Austin College and Sherman, uh, mm-hmm. Trinity and San Antonio and Texas yeah. Lutheran and Seguin. And being from Houston, TOU had the edge. That was the closest to me, yeah. you know? Uh, so Seguin University, just two and a half hours west of Houston, just straight west on I-10. Uh, just And it's like 40 minutes east of San Antonio. So those two are the closer ones. And I actually chose the one furthest away because I just really enjoyed my visit to Austin College. But so I've definitely, I've been to Seguin twice for games and I played there, you know, at, at, at uh, Matador Stadium, actually. Seguin yeah. High School is where we played our played our games yeah. but uh yeah, we have a stadium now tlu has their own stadium on now. campus yes nice very cool yeah. okay i'll have to check that out sometime but uh, yeah, yeah I, re- I enjoyed my visit to tlu i was very close i think that i don't know that and trinity was really close i liked all three yeah. but i guess my, my question is it had to be difficult for you because i know this i know this much i was a little bit coming i i was in a 6a high school 5a at the time but you know 6a now I, and I was an all district football player and I kind of thought like, yeah, this is division three athletics. Like I'm a five, a all district player. I'm going to, I'm going to come in here and just everything's going to be easy. That's the furthest thing from the truth. It is still collegiate athletics. I think some people look down their nose at division three athletics and sometimes kids do if they get an offer from a D three and it's like, sometimes they're like, eh, you know, but I think they don't realize how, how competitive it is. So right. for someone like you, even though you had that youth experience, your, your soccer skills, probably to some extent went dormant over those four years because Sweeney didn't have soccer. And so I'm, right. it, I'm not surprised that the goalie kind of intimidated you right, <laughs> right off the bat. Cause you're, now you're stepping into this collegiate soccer environment and you didn't even get to play high school. And so you described that kind of welcome to varsity moment there, but was there a certain, and this is a new question that we've added to the show. What on the flip side of that, you know, always as tough as a freshman, you kind of get your eyes open, but was there a moment at Texas Lutheran where you kind of felt like, you, you went over that hump and you're like, you know, I belong here. Was there, was that kind of moment where like you, you were no longer the intimidated freshman, but you, you felt like you belonged on that squad. Uh, there was. And so kind of, I guess a little bit of backstory. I didn't go to TLU to play soccer. Um, I went to TLU and I tried out for cheerleader and made cheerleader. And then I actually was in one of my journalism classes. Um, I was a journalism major and I had a soccer shirt on like from when I was growing up and uh, one of the girls sitting next to me, she was like, Hey, do you play soccer? And she was like a senior. So I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I did. And she was like, like at high school. And I was like, no, I was like, I played my whole life, you know, but my high school didn't have it. So I've kind of played like little pickup here and there, crazy eights or whatever, but not really like competitive. And, and, uh, it kind of was like the perfect storm where the girls team that year had had a lot of injuries and kind of things that didn't really fall. Some people that were supposed to come as recruits who didn't and just kind of all these things happened. And, um, Sunny was her name. She's sitting next to me and she's like, um, well, you should come and try out. And they had already started the season, Mm. mind you. And I'm like, what, you know, and, uh, (laughs) she's like, yeah, go, go meet with our coach. So I end up 
the next day going and meeting with the head coach and I talked to him, he's asking me, you know, where I had played and this is this. And he was like, well, um, how about this? He's like, we leave tomorrow. So the following day to go to ETBU to mm -hmm. play, you know, we were playing like two Marshall. games. Yep. yep. And, um, and he's like, why don't you come? And that'll kind of be your tryout. Like if you like it and we think it's a good fit, then you can keep playing. And if not, then if it's not for you, you know, that's fine. No big deal. And uh, I'm just like, what the heck? Like I had kind of settled with my soccer career was over, you know, like I wasn't yeah, ever going to yeah. play again. I wasn't, I called my mom and I was like, uh, Hey mom, I need you to come to Marshall, Texas. And she's <laughs> like, what? And I was like, I need my cleats and my shin guards. <laughs> like, Damn. Are you serious? And I was like, that's awesome. I think I'm going to play college soccer. And she's like, you're what? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to try out. And so they're like, what in the world? So I ended up going that first time. And I was, like you said, so nervous, so intimidated. Like I was not, that was not my plan. I was not supposed yeah. to be there, you know, right. like, yeah. but I feel like it was kind of a God thing and everything kind of worked out the way that it was supposed to. And, but I was so nervous. And then we played Louisiana college a few games later. Um, yeah, yeah. Alexandria, after, right? Alexandria. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. I remember them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Same we conference. Yeah. Yep, we were playing them at home, um, but it was so it was Louisiana College, and we um, after you know time ran out zero zero, and we went into overtime. First overtime, still zero zero. Went into second overtime, and um, I was I just happened to kind of be in the right place at the right time. I was playing forward, and and Sunny, the girl I was talking yeah. about, she had the ball. She's coming up the side. She sent like this beautiful cross. And I was just like right there, goal no wide way. open, get out of town. On that side, and I just like touch it, and it goes in the goal, and like, everybody's <laughs> oh like, ah! you know. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was freaking out, you know. Like, and um, that was kind of when I really felt like I can do this. Like, yeah. yes, I'm in a small town, and I may not have played soccer, you know, in high school like these girls did or things like that. But like, if I keep working hard and I keep like I can do this, and, yeah. and it was so funny because I'm literally running off the field after that win. And changing into my cheerleading uniform because our football team was playing at Matador Stadium um, and my parents were there. So they literally like get in the car and like drive over to cheer at the football game. So it, it was pretty cool. But, um, but yeah, I think that was like the moment. And that was kind of a long story to get to that moment. But that was when I was finally like, I can do this. Like, I, you know, I can play and and I can be a part of this. And so I loved it. And I, I think your your life sounds like a movie. Again, I, I think we could write a screenplay here and like just the, the girl coming out of psychology class and was asked and then two games later she's scoring a goal in, in extra time. Yeah, it was it was wild. It was <laughs> that like is crazy. I love it. That's a great story. And then now, you know, obviously like you've always loved athletics, but I you know, I also keep stats on this, right? So you're you're one of only twenty percent of people that coached your alma mater. I also keep statistics on, did you know you wanted to be a coach when you started at TLU? And my data shows 60% of my guests said, no, they were, they thought they were gonna do something and you're, you're, you're nodding your head. No. So what was it you thought you were going to do when you started college? So, um, I had always loved sports. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um, I was like, loved everything sports. I just watched sports with my dad and, you know, everything. So I wanted to be Aaron Andrews. Like that was like, you know, that she was it. I wanted to be her. Um, so I majored in communications at TLU. Um, and I had like a mind or a focus in journalism. And when I graduated and I started applying for jobs, like that's just like a really hard very industry to get yeah. into. Yes. Very competitive. Like 
I there was like gotta be willing to move and I know you yes. love Sweeney so you would have had yes. to go to like Waterloo Iowa or something to start it was your like career. Idaho Idaho yeah, was like the one place that I could have like gone and done an internship and I was like right. I don't want to go to Idaho like I don't right. know any you know so yeah. that was part of it so I I got a job at the Seguin Gazette um right out of TLU and I I worked there for a year and did like page design and and a little bit of writing and things like that um and then again like I'm a homebody. Like I love my family. My husband and I actually built on our, on my parents' property. Like, so we live like right there. Like I'm, I'm just very close to my family. My sister lives here in Sweeney um, and my brother-in-law, my nephews. But, um, so I got an offer to come and do the Gulf coast tribune, which is in Needville at the time. Um, another rival, (laughs) but, uh, Mm -hmm. so I ran that paper for a year. Um, and it was a very small paper, but I started kind of thinking about like, I think I want to be a coach and I think I want to be a teacher. And, um, so I did alternative certification while I worked at the newspaper and, um, and then, yeah, I started teaching and it kind of fell into my lap, the whole soccer thing, because soccer was so new in Sweeney and, um, we'd only had it for two years before that. And the guy that was the coach, he had done the boys and the girls team the year before, which I can't imagine, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. He was kind of wanting to step out. Um, and so they called the athletic director at the time called and he was like, Hey, you know, I know you're going to teach freshman English, you know, and what do you think about uh, junior high volleyball? And I was like, Oh yeah, I can, I can do volleyball. You know, I, I, I'm good with that. And then he goes, what do you think about head soccer? And I was like, excuse me. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, you know, we really need a soccer coach. I know you played and da, da, da. And, and people are always like, Oh my gosh, nobody ever gets to be a head coach their first year. Um, and that was challenging and I learned a ton and it was kind of like, here you go, sink or swim. Um, but thankfully, like I had a lot of support being in my hometown and knowing some of the coaches that were still coaching and things like that. Um, so yeah, it ended up all working out. I feel like I kind of went on a tangent there, but um, no, that's, no, that's perfect. And I mean, so you said this is your only coaching stop and you know, we're hoping that it is your only coaching stop. Cause I mean, <laughs> you want to stay there forever. And I love that. You know, a big reason I started this podcast, Sam, you know, I, I shared this with all the listeners. They all know this, but like I grew up in kind of a dysfunctional home, you know, as a kid. You, you talked about how, you know, you're you love that ability to help lift those kinds of kids up like, you know, like I was. It's like, you know, my, my dad was abusive and stuff. So I had to deal with a lot of that. And so when I was when I was going into high school. I was desperately seeking like a father figure, you know, and that's why I gravitated towards my coaches and my favorite coach, my O-line coach, coach Kitterman was like, I just connected with him so much. And I just kind of like wanted him to be my dad, I guess, basically. And like, I I wanted to please him and make him proud of me. And so that like really drove me to to be the best player I could be. But I, it's stories like that. And like what you're doing, if your girls who come from the same background you do, and you can relate to them and, and, and understand some that maybe struggles they're having and help them. That's why, like, I, I I get really defensive when people like try to scale back on athletics or or, or criticize coaches. And so now that now that I'm no longer coaching and I'm in a I'm in a media role, like I, I broadcast games, I do my podcast, so I'm always at games. Right. Um, I don't I don't like some of the stuff I hear, the negativity coming out of the stands or directed towards officials. Also, officials are an offshoot of what we do as coaches, you know, in my opinion. So. I just hate that. And obviously, you come from a very you're a very positive person. You're a cheerleader at heart, you know. So you. <laughs> you're not that kind of person. You're, you're not a, a nasty negative person. So I, you, it's probably got to be hard for you because you don't relate to maybe how some of these people are behaving yet. You still got to deal with it. And so I'm curious, how do you handle that? Like, how do we handle that as a society? Cause I think we really do want to get a handle on, I feel like it's a little bit of a trend, 
you yeah. know, of just this negativity out of the stands. And it's, it's we have official shortages as a result of as a, one factor of that. And so like, it's a problem, but I'm yeah. just curious for you. I mean, you're not, you're not just a coach. You're also an, a, the athletic director from the girls side here at Sweeney. So you have to deal with this directly. I'm sure. What advice do you have on, on this whole topic of bad parent or fan behavior? So I kind of have two sides of this because as a coach, um, I try to let a lot of it go. Um, it's hard because yeah. you do hear it even when you try sure. to, you know, drown it out and, and things like that. But um, I, I tell myself every day that if I can lay my head down at night, knowing that I did what was best or what I thought was best for all of those kids, yeah. then, you know, there's going to be people that don't like me. There's going to be people that maybe don't agree with the decisions that, that I may or may not have made, but um but at the end of the day, I think for coaches, it's just really important that you know, like your values and and what you stand for and things like that. And that it doesn't matter whether, you know, a parent or whoever it is, like you keep those values. I, I think that's huge. Um, And I've been very blessed here that I've had amazing parents for the most part, support system, you know, things like that. And there has been a few, you know, that maybe were like, oh, she doesn't know this, da, 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 da. Hmm. but um. And, and it does hurt because it's like, sure. And especially now that I'm a mother, um, it's like, I'm spending more time with your kids than I am exactly. with my own babies. Exactly. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of times where I've wanted to say, but I'm just like, you know what, just keep doing what's best for those kids. They need you. Right. They're what's important. Like, you know, try to just ignore the negative and the parents. Um, so that's like from my coaching side, but yeah. I'm also a coach's wife. And oh, so you got to sit up in the stands and hear that on Friday nights. That is a whole yes, that is a whole nother level. So and, and, and traditionally, for fans that don't know, like coaches' wives usually sit together and they yes. sit as far away <laughs> at the top middle as they can. So. Yeah, so my husband um does football. Um, this year he's gonna be doing like cornerbacks for football, and then he's the JV baseball coach. Okay. Um, and so so football and baseball both, you know. I mean, and baseball's pretty big in Sweeney, so yeah, uh Yes, there is a lot of negative and a lot of, you know, and I just all the time, my mom always says like, Sam, wear your nice panties. Like where, you know, and I'm like, okay. Like, you know, cause like you said, like, I'm, I'm not like, I don't really have a confrontational bone in my sure. body. Um, it's, it's hard when it's your husband or yeah. you know, like your kids, whatever, like, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I just, I think coaches, do not get paid enough, I think, mm-hmm. to deal with all that. So I, I think it's really important that parents just realize that. Like, I promise you there is not a coach that is purposely trying to hurt your kid. That is, you right. know, I mean, coaches don't get into coaching because they don't like kids or because they right. don't want to win. Like, you know, like right. they're doing the best that they can with the resources they have, with the whatever, and and they're sacrificing a lot. Um, and... So I think maybe just kind of putting yourself in, in a coach's shoes sometimes, like in a parent for a parent, like that's important because like, we don't go to your job and start screaming at you about, <laughs> about right. stuff, you know, like it's, yeah. it's so crazy, but, and I think it also matters like leadership, like, um, you know, like I, I, I became the girls coordinator last year and it, it was kind of like thrown in, into my lap. Um, and I was really nervous about it because I'm more of a, like, lead by example kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a, I don't know. I wouldn't really consider myself like a leader. Like I'm like a, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I guess people kind of will follow that sometimes, yeah. but, um, 
so I got kind of got thrown into being the girls coordinator and and I've tried you know there's been a couple times at games where I've had to walk over and like you know hey we're we're not going to talk like that like you know it's Good. that's not helping yeah. your kid that's not helping our coach like you know if you want to talk about something later we can meet about it we can whatever and a lot of times I think you know the mama bear comes out and they get so like yeah. and usually yeah. if you can kind of just like diffuse the situation right then when we go talk about it the next day or whatever usually it's pretty calm and, and we can kind of figure it out and, and make it work where everybody's you know happier on the same page but in that moment yeah it gets it gets tough and I kind of feel like I I guess I have like my personality I have like a way that I can kind of like ease people down a little bit right, like sure you know um, so I feel like that's kind of helped me um but it definitely is is challenging um and it definitely is challenging um so I don't know, but yeah, I, I kind of see it from both sides and, and there's definitely times where I'm like, Sam, keep your mouth shut. Like, yeah, you know, yeah I get it. I mean, cause I mean, I'm a parent now of a one-year-old, so I haven't been in those situations where he's playing a sport or something and I have to, I'm there. I'm sure, I'm sure it brings up feelings within you. It's competitive. You want yes. your kid to do good. I, I understand that. So I, I try to give people grace, but at a certain point, like, man, you, some of these people are crossing lines that are just yeah. that are not yeah. civil. And again, I think, like I said, I think back to my experience, there's something like, who cares about what formation coach Rakowitz puts the team or whatever? Like, yeah. you know, it, it honestly, it's so trivial at the end of the day. Like I just want my, my coaches, uh, the coaches of my son, you know, like love them and develop them. That's all I ask, you know, like <laughs> the other stuff. Cause like, again, a lot of these kids, like it's not the soccer they care about. Like they just want to be a part of something. Maybe they're running away from something at home. Maybe there's something in their life that's traumatic and they're just, they just want to be a part of it. So yeah, I'm with you coach. So I, 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 pro I applaud you for, having those tough conversations and calling parents out. Cause sometimes I think like it needs to be addressed. Like sometimes I think a lot of us in the stands, we just try to, it's awkward and we just ignore it and keep watching the game. But it's like, sometimes I think yeah. these people need to be called out. So thank you for doing that. Um, let's talk about uh, you mentioned, you know, you have that broadcast background. You talked about that. You're uh, you love everything, Sweeney Bulldogs. And also you have the AV students broadcast. Uh, you, you're, you're a part of running that, right? So the students broadcast every home varsity game on, the Gata Network, which is uh, GATA, GATA Network, and yeah. uh, so, I had to because like... my my definition of GATA is something <laughs> different, and I'm so you're laughing, so you're probably thinking the same thing. It was an old coaching saying to get after their butt is is I guess what we what I thought of GATA. That's, that's probably that's what it exactly really stands for. I'm sure. Okay, but you guys yes, very smartly exactly it called it. It's called the Grit Attitude Tradition Academics Network. <laughs> yes. So we kind of you know reframed that a little bit, but yes, the original GATA has what it's been forever. Um, yeah, and yeah. okay, still is. But yeah, we kind of our new our principal um he took over a couple years ago, and so he kind of revamped it. Um, or yeah, the high school kind of stands for that, but uh, but yeah. but still the old one too. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, so Gata Network started. Um, I taught freshman English for five years, and then I moved into teaching audiovisual. And um, we, the assistant principal at the time, he's now the principal at the elementary school. Uh, Matt Way is his name. Mm -hmm. um, he came to me one day and he was like, "Hey, what do you think about broadcasting? Like, it was during basketball season. What do you think about broadcasting some of the basketball games?" And I'm like, huge pregnant, like about to have my daughter, and I'm like, mm -hmm. "Uh, okay." And so. We kind of started playing around with it and and then it's built into we, we like advertise now and and my students in my class run the whole thing so we have like 
different camera angles and we get to, you know, we do all the sports. So we do all of our city home games. Um, they commentate and awesome. we have different camera angles. It's really cool. And they're getting like real world, you know, experience for kids that want to go into that kind of field. Um, a girl that I have that just graduated, she's going to Texas A&M and she wants to be a sports broadcaster. And so she got to broadcast on Gata Network. She would do like halftime, um, things at football and yeah. different things and, and commentate. And so it, it's, it's been really cool and it's, it's kind of continuing to grow. And, um, but I'm really excited that I get to be a part of it and, and like to see the students get to do those things is just really cool. We, last year, our softball team went to the state tournament and we couldn't do video because of UIL rules and things like that. But my, one of my students got to go into the box um, in, at UT and audio, we got to audio broadcast and we had like a, screen that had like a scoreboard and, and all yeah. of that but uh but yeah so that's been really cool and and it involves my love of sports too because I'm like if I'm not coaching I'm literally there for Gata Network probably so I pretty yeah. much don't miss a Sweeney sporting event <laughs> oh that's awesome and I hope you hopefully you bring the kids once they're old enough or if yeah. they already are and you, you let them kind of hang out and that, that's a, what a way to grow up man that's exactly what I'd love to do but do you guys I mean I guess what I do my day job is Daktronics so we we do video scoreboards I'm curious do you have video a video scoreboard at, at your stadium that you put your production on or yes so we um I believe ours is Nevco but we okay. have yeah, we have a scoreboard, a Jumbotron, and that's part of, so for football games, we run the Jumbotron, and it's been really cool the past few years, like, um, we get to, like, my kids make, like, little graphics, like, touchdown graphics, or first down, or, like, different things, and we'll play yeah. them. I feel like it's really kind of improved the atmosphere at football games. Like, absolutely, we didn't, have, we didn't have that great of a season last year, but even so, like, it was just kind of getting the crowd involved, and um every like third down when we're on defense we'll play the purge siren so like, i feel bad for the uh, people who live like right next yeah. to the field because they're probably like what yeah. is this craziness but it's been really cool yeah and then my students always have like fun ideas like oh let's play this at this time let's do this and so yeah it's it's been really cool and that's great too because i know like for instance like the video board at kyle field for AM is dactronics which is my company so nevco's our competitors so maybe next time when you're looking to replace we can at least you know, make <laughs> there sure you go. We're, yeah. we're, in the, we're in the consideration but there we go you know, but that's great though because those students when they start learning how to use the control systems they can really easily transition and like you said the video board is great but the video board is only as good as the people like yourself and your yeah. team that's putting the content out so right. yeah kudos to you guys it definitely improves the game day experience i can I can speak to that because that's that's kind of part of my job is, is helping schools do that. So that's I love awesome. all that. And we're kind of getting to the end, coach. We're going to finish. We always like to do a Mount Rushmore segment. And so, of course, Mount Rushmore, you know, your, your top four, there are four presidents out there, you know, in, in those in those hills of South Dakota. But for you, <laughs> I want to hear a Sweeney Bulldogs Mount Rushmore. So just your top four favorite because, you know, you've known a lot of them over the years. Yeah. Like if you had to make a Sweeney High School Mount Rushmore right there by the by the stoplight. Who would be on that Mount Rushmore? So it was, this is hard. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, that came through Sweeney and, it, but I, I think um, Elmo Wright has to be on there, um, okay. you know, and then Tank Carter. And can um, you give us just a little, I mean, for our listeners, I was, you know, that we're not, yeah. can you give us yeah, a little yeah. bit of uh, so, background? Elmo Wright, um, he played in the sixties here and then um, he went on to the NFL wow. um, and he actually was the first person that did an end zone dance. 
Um, okay. And so he's like really well known around here. Like everybody knows Elmo Wright. Like it's, it sounds just, familiar. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I think my next one would be Tank Carter. Uh, Tank graduated a little bit before I got into high school. Um, he went to TCU and he played at TCU yeah. and then he played for the Browns, um, mainly for the Browns. I think another team too, the Bills. But uh, he actually in the Rose Bowl, um, he actually like batted down a ball that uh, caused them to win the game. It was like this huge moment. Like people like play that video all the time around here. Like I do like, remember Tank Carter for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think Johnny Lee Higgins has got to be up there. Um, he he went to UT. I want to say UT El Paso, but then he played for the Raiders. Um, and he used to come when I was in high school, he used to come to open gyms, like for volleyball and basketball and play against us and with us. And I remember being so scared of him. Mm -hmm. I would always be like, please pick me on your team. So that I'm like not playing against you. Um, and his mom actually works here. She's, um, our principal secretary. Um, and, and she's awesome. But, uh, yep. and then I think my fourth and they're all football players. I told my husband, I was like, what the heck, man. But, um, Cedric Woodard, uh, is another name around here that just like, you know, I feel like he's one of the, uh, again, that's just like, oh yeah, like that's, he's from Sweeney and he, you know, did something and, and made it big and all that. He, he played at UT and then um, I'm pretty sure it was the Ravens that he played for, but. Um, Cedric anyways, Woodard yeah. looked it up. It's Seahawks, uh, Seahawks. Seahawks okay. his career. And then you, you were correct. Johnny Lee Higgins went to UTEP. Johnny Lee Higgins, like it's my age. Uh, so he, oh, really? We're, yeah. We were probably playing in the same year there. Cause he's September of 83 is his birthday. So okay, yeah, that's not, I mean, in Tank Carter, I definitely remember Tank Carter there at TCU, a little more, a little more uh, recent, but yeah, man, that's pretty impressive for a little town to have four pro ball players. Like yeah. that. We, we actually have more, like I, yeah. it was, we have more, but in, in, and in football, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of, I guess, been our thing, like sure. the football players, but, but yeah, it's, I think those are my four. <laughs> Well, coach, you know, I've really enjoyed visiting with you. I, I know you were a little nervous at first. And I promise you, no, it's, it's a lot of fun here on the Team Player Podcast. I'm so thankful to Caitlin uh, for suggesting you. She said she, she said you'd be great, and she, this did not disappoint. If everyone listening has enjoyed this as much, again, please give us that five-star rating that drives us up the charts so more people can hear these stories of coaches making a difference like Coach Rakowitz. And you hit the follow button to subscribe and hear new episodes as soon as they come out each Sunday. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. You can hit us up at teamplayerpodcast at gmail.com. We lift up our own here inside of the Team Player Nation, so I take suggestions. If it Just like Coach Riley you know, suggested, and we yeah. made it happen. So please email me if you know a coach making a difference in your – your life or your kids' lives. As always, the cover art and music for the Team Player Podcast is provided by two of my former players. The cover art is by Kaiser St. Cyr, and our intro and exit music is One More Good Enough from Avrion's self-titled debut album. You can find his music uh, on all platforms by searching for Avrion. That's A-V-R-I-O-N. And I forgot to say, I, I, as the fans know, I collect jerseys, and so I always wear the jersey. And I've got my Craig Biggio here because he said you're a big Astros fan. Yeah, so, I love Ghost it. Yeah. Ghost Rose, we're struggling a little bit right now, but hopefully get it turned around here soon. Uh, but yeah, don't want to talk again, about last night. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but once again, Coach Sam Rakowitz, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. All right. Thank you to all your team players out there for your support, and we'll catch y'all down the road. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line.
mind. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head. Lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head. Lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough. I'm Told I need some therapy Initially ain't do it voluntarily But now I got a legacy 